Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. So I, I was thinking about what to speak about today. And um, I had a quote from a movie that me and Vince went and saw uh, called Doubt. You guys heard of Doubt? It's a pretty, pretty interesting movie. Uh, me and Vince are hopefully going to be reviewing it online, live video, because we have different perspectives. On uh, We have my perspective, the right one, and then we have Vince's perspective, not quite as right. <laughs> um, and we'll see you at the movies. But uh, one of the the one of the uh, the main character, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, his character is the priest. He was telling a story because there's some gossiping going on, and he tells a story. And I'm not going to do the accents and everything. At first, I thought I would, but I'm just too tired. <laughs> I might. Yeah. But anyway. He was talking about this uh, little old lady, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Coming in for confession. Little Irish lady. Saying, oh, right? Or was he the the pastor? The the pastor was the priest was Irish. Yeah, it made much more sense. So a little lady comes in for confession, and uh, she goes, "Oh, pastor, I've done something, something awful, really, really bad." And he goes, "Well, tell me, you know, what, what is your what does he say in confession?" Confess your sins, I guess. Never been to confession, everybody. Um, and she goes, well, you know, I've just, I've been talking about people. I've been, you know, kind of gossiping and, you know, talking about some of my friends. And he goes, okay, well, before I can give you, tell you what you need to do or give you your Hail Marys or whatever. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so not Catholic. I should have had a Catholic come up and explain this. I believe Catholics are going to heaven, but my parents didn't. But they do now. But they didn't back then, so I never knew much about Catholicism. But I like the jewelry. And, um, hey, I love icons, man. They're awesome. <laughs> and uh, we've had, we try to get the Catholics to come speak here, too. And we have. Anyhow. Anyway. So now that I've totally destroyed the story. Um, no, so the priest says, well, before I can give you your, you know, before we can forgive you, I need you to go up, go home to your house. I want you to go home to your house, and I want you to grab a pillow from your bed, and I want you to go up onto the roof of your house, and I want you to take a knife, and I want you to stab that pillow. I mean, just really stab it, just really cut it open and stab it, and she goes, I want you to stab it, that's what he said, and she goes, okay, father, I'll do it. So she comes back to confession, and the father goes, um, "Did you, did you do what I, did you do what I said?" <laughs> She's a beetle now. He's from Liverpool. <laughs> did you do what I said? <laughs> Imagine it. And she goes, "Well, and she goes, yes, father, I did." And he said, "Well, what happened?" And he, she said, uh, "Well, there were feathers everywhere, all over the place were feathers." And he goes, well, now what I want you to do is I want you to go pack back and pick up every single one of those feathers. And she goes, but Father, that would be impossible. And he's like, well, that's how gossip works. So today I, I'm talking a little bit more about legalism or man's religion. But I thought, you know what? Legalism is really gossip about God. And I actually came up with that quote. So hopefully that's on my tombstone. <laughs> with some pepperoni. Um, <laughs> no, hello? Sting on. <laughs> um, <laughs> usually I just rip everybody else off. I'm just glad I finally once in my life came up with something. But um, legalism is gossip about God. Um, so we've got all these these feathers, and he says, pick up these feathers. And if you think about it, of course that would be impossible because they're scattered everywhere. Um and you can never get them back. I mean, I think about the things that I've said about my family 
you know, some true that weren't very good and some wrong. I mean, like half people think that my dad had an affair with the church secretary. Well, the woman he did have the affair with was a secretary of a church, <laughs> just not his church and just not in the same city. And it was, you know, so they make it sound grandiose. We like to gossip and make things worse, than, you know, a little bit worse, a little bit more tantalizing. Um... But I think I see the same with legalism. I mean, when when you know, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. You know, little little yeast spreads a long way. It goes a long way, um, and we see that. And so I want to talk about what Jesus said about legalism. One of the reasons I also bring this up is because, you know, I've been having some anger towards some preachers who are legalistic and towards Christians who are legalistic, and I've been really kind of struggling with it. And having to really work on loving those people and praying for those people when I really just, you know, you know, make me crazy. Um, but I started thinking about it. Maybe it wasn't the people that I was angry at. Maybe it, it is, is the idea. And I, you know, and I feel like I just needed to hit it head on today. Um, but I share that with you just because I think it's important for us all to be very transparent and realize that we all have to deal with things i think that's the only bit drawback to being on on like twitter and the internet and stuff because people send you stuff and then there's posts to it like i did today <laughs> but there's posts to it and you go to the post and then you read a blog and then there's another post and you hit that and you <laughs> next thing you know you know you're reading like all these horrible things about yourself or about other people or what preachers are saying about you know other people so it, it, it just it boggles my mind how mean the internet is um, or how mean we can be when we're not seen or when we have another name. I think if you're going to make a mean comment, you should have to give your full name and your address. <laughs> Step up. <laughs> I'm going to do a tour after that. <laughs> I'll be in your neighborhood. Um, kidding. I kid, I kid. Um, t- but we're in Matthew 23. And this is what Jesus had to say to the religious teachers of the time. And I think this is a good lesson for myself and, and, and really all of us. Um, but also, if, if you know this is something you're struggling with, legalism or being self-righteous or judgmental or even being judgmental of yourself, um, I think these are important things that we need to learn and look at. 23.1, Then Jesus spoke to the crowd and, he, and his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all they tell you, do and observe. So he's saying there's nothing wrong with what Moses said. And of course, we're not in the New Covenant yet because Jesus hasn't died. But do not, accor- do not according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. So he's saying, you know, they've got a, you know, they're hypocrites, really. They don't practice exactly what they preach. Um, but listen to what they say. Four. They tie you up with heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. Now, this is where, to me, it gets really interesting. I think a lot of times we might be doing this and not even know we're doing this to people. I know in my own life I did this to people because it was being done to me. I know growing up in the church, for me, a lot of times, I realize that a lot of the younger pastors learn to lead by guilt. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not blaming them because they learned it from someone else, you know. And I, I just been along with the same thing. And like, you know, guilt is the way to go. If you make people feel guilty, they'll do what you want them to do, <laughs> and they'll follow God because you know, if someone's a sinner underneath you, it must reflect badly on you, and you can't have that because it's all about you. Was the process? I mean, also things like don't be, you know, don't hang out too much with people, you know. Stay, stay a little bit of away so you have a bit of a mystery. I mean, that's what they were. I was taught is to make myself look better than I actually was, to make impossible standards, and then not be willing to as much lift a finger, not be willing to go to an event with someone or a party with someone or out to a coffee shop because the coffee shop was somewhere you know that wasn't approved <laughs> um, by the pastor that I was under. Um. But I think a lot of times people do this out of good intentions. But they don't realize the devastating effects they're having on people. 
And I think that's why when I see some of these pastors and preachers and teachers preaching these things, it seems so impossible. I know they're setting people up for failure. I've seen it time after time after time. I know that no one, not even themselves, can add up to what they're saying. I mean, unless I really am broken. You know, I thought God made a mistake because I never could follow him. But I realized I just was not being told the whole truth. Um, we all fall short, you know. But this idea of putting impossible standards on people can crush their lives, can destroy their lives and, and cause them to go away from God. Why do so many people the nowadays don't want anything to do with their parents' faith? A lot of people don't want to have anything to do with Christianity because they see the hypocrisy in it. They see leaders that say something and do something else. They see impossible standards, and when they go, no one's helping them meet these impossible standards. And then they find out, like, if they get in any type of leadership role, if they make any type of confession that they're a human being, they could lose their job and their livelihood. So this is the – to me, those are practices of man's religion. And man's legalism, and to me, it has really corrupted Christianity. It's it's like a virus inside Christianity that has really messed us up, and I think we need to make sure we do all we can to expose this idea as false, as a false gospel. Not attacking people, but we realize that this idea is something that is a, a uh, an idea that doesn't work, and that we help people know that we're all messed up, and we all fall short, we all make mistakes. Because when soon as people started being transparent around me, I thought it was just too good to be true, and I felt all this freedom, you know. And then I thought I'm going to go crazy, I'm going to do all this bad stuff, you know. I go flash people in the park, <laughs> and uh, you know I'm going to be drunk every day. And literally, that might have all happened at first, except for flashing people in the park. I did get in trouble once for peeing in public though, when a policeman had a flashlight, and <laughs> that was embarrassing. Um, but that's another story for another day. Um, but after a while I started to realize I wanted to follow God. I fell in love with Jesus and it wasn't about fire insurance. It wasn't about feeling guilty. It wasn't about trying to add up, you know, um, verse five says, I think that's, uh, but they do all their deeds to be noticed by men for they broaden their what is that word anybody got the same one phylacteries and lengthen their tassels of their garments basically what a lot of pharisees would do is they had to make their prayer boxes really big they'd have horns blown when they were coming around and praying someone even stubbed their toes and have their toes would all be messed up and they would say oh i was in prayer and i ran into a wall I mean, seriously, this is kooky stuff. Um, how do I know that? Time machine. Um, flux capacitor. <laughs> no, the internet's told me, so it could be wrong about the twisted toes. Um, but they do all their deeds to be noticed. And I was thinking about something. Sometimes you, you know, nowadays we don't, you know, we don't all have robes and <laughs> tassels to carry around with us. But I've thought about what are other ways we we do good things to be noticed, and um, there's, I mean, heck, you know, I was watching um, what's that show with Penn and Teller? What's that called? Oh, bullshit! Bullshit! Yeah, it's the name of a show. I'm not cussing. And they were talking. They got all these people to recycle. Like they got them like 15 things. Of like, okay, we want you to recycle your toilet paper. You're gonna have a red, blue, purple, green. You know, and to a certain point, you know, recycling is great, but in other points, you don't go that far. And he said a lot of people do stuff just to make because they feel better about themselves. And so, and I think when we do things out of of, out of the thing to make ourselves look better or feel better, I think we have to check our motives. But I was also thinking about how do we talk. And I remember, you know, being a young, and I still see people like this when I go preach and stuff. They're just like, "Hey, brother Jay, praise God! It's so good to see you. Amen, brother. Good, great. Oh, hallelujah! Good to see you, brother." How you doing? Praise God. How am I doing? Praising God, or do I want to praise God? Or um, oh, God's so good, brother man, isn't he good? Yeah, you know, you're like, well, I was gonna tell you that my life just fell apart, but praise God. Um, and I've seen this happen with a lot of people. I remember 
when I was, you know, a few years ago where I was a, this part of this big church and they, all these celebrities would come in and get saved and athletes and stuff, you know. And the next month, you know, they'd be up preaching on praise God, hallelujah, praise Jesus, so good to see you, brother, praise God, you know. And, you know, do we do that for show? Do we do that because we want everybody to know we are a Christian? Do we do that because we're insecure in our faith? Um, I mean, maybe that's something that baby Christians, some baby Christians need to do, but I just don't see that as, you know, probably not the best way to relate to people. And that could be a way. Now, I'm not saying there's not times to praise God and help. I mean, go see Vince tomorrow night. He'll be praising God up and down. But it's from a genuine heart. Amen. And there's times where, there's times where, amen, hallelujah. And then there's times where uh, Vince will text me and tell me something good happened and I'll say praise God and it's genuine. So I'm not saying we don't praise God. I'm just saying sometimes when it's every other word, you know, um, <laughs> this is not going to stop, is it? <laughs> Do you like it when people notice how Christian you are? I'm so Christian. I'm, oh, he's such a holy man. That, there's the man of God. He is so holy. Such a good Christian. Now, there's the good brother right over there. I mean, whatever. But you know what? People are supposed to know us by our love. That's what Jesus said. They will know that you belong to me for your love for one another. Not for how many times you say praise God. Not about how many Christian t-shirts you have or what kind of music you listen to. Or how many times you go to church during the week. But he said, they will know you by the, your love for one another. You know, not by your Christianese. Have you ever heard of that? It's the language of Christians. Um, I didn't come up with that one. I, uh, amen? I feel feeling good. Um, yeah, if you just watch, like, the public access channels, <laughs> the preacher's on the past two days. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen to the preacher. <laughs> you know? Um, anyhow. Um, but I'm talking about, I've sat down with people who just had a cup of, cop, cup of coffee and I just like started a game, like how many times is I going to say praise God <laughs> or Father God when people put Father God, I just want to thank you for like, oh. you know, those are all great things to understand and remember. But I think at a particular time we've got to check our motives and maybe realize, are we, are we alienating people? You know, are we, you know, well, I'm just alienating people cause I'm, 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 I'm not of this world, brother. <laughs> You know, well, if you want to be like Jesus, and, and when Jesus was talking about not being of the world, what you forget is there was a lot of religions represented there. He was talking about religions, even the religions that was connected to himself. The prophecy that he came to fulfill, he was even talking about that religion. I mean, there were so many religions that if you didn't go to like five churches once a week for different worship, then you were seen as unpatriotic, okay? So it wasn't just the world as, you know, we know it. And think about it. This, that's not 2,000 years ago. So a lot of time that's religious world. I mean Jesus seemed to have more negative stuff to say to religious practicing people than he did non-religious people. Six. They love the place of honor at the banquet and the chief seat in the synagogue. And I was thinking about this again, proud Christian. I'm just suffering for God. Sometimes that becomes your, your city at the head of the table. Um, sometimes, you, you know, just... I know for me that a lot of times my seat at the table was about how many places I could speak and how many churches would have me and my influence. And I really, you know, I liked it. I thought, this is cool. You know, everybody thinks I'm edgy and they think I'm nice and I, and I liked it, you know. And when I had to make – when I've stood up for different things and made decisions, I knew that that was going to lessen and lessen and lessen. But I find that called dying to myself, you know. Now, if I went to Billy Graham's house and he's like, Jay, come up here. Sit right here, buddy. Would I not dig it? Yeah, I'd dig it, you know. Um, but at the same time, I've got to, you know, I want to check my motives and uh, and see where I'm at. But – I think the idea really is, is are, are, are we, do we want to be honored and do we want to be put above other people? And as believers, that's not the road that we we're called to. You know, we're not called to be praised and worshipped. You know, we're not called to be at the chief seat. We're not called to be sitting next to the president, necessarily. 
Unless it's this president, of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's why I think God sent Bono. Because he has the biggest ego of them all. So that wouldn't even flatter. Oh, president, who cares? I'm a rock star. Um, right, Vince? Because him and Bono hang out constantly. Um, seven. And respectful, a respectful greeting in the marketplace. They love being. They love a respectable greeting in the marketplace and being called rabbi by men, rabbi, teacher, pastor. Oh, so good to see you. You know, and and it's that they find their security in their title. Now, Reverend Vince is a different example because he's Reverend Vince is his name actually, <laughs> Reverend Vince Anderson. Um, and calling someone pastor, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm surprised that we haven't completely taken this scripture out of context and gotten rid of calling anybody anything. Um, but the fact is, is, is finding security in your position rather than in God. You know, And so often I've seen the term man of God and people acting as the man of God and using their position as a way to manipulate people, hurt people, and take advantage of people. You know, and they love to be praised by men. Now, what we see is we saw it with my family. I've seen it even in my own life and other people's lives. Is when we, even like just normal preachers that I like and I praise them and da da da, that they always usually let me down. But there were a few of them that wouldn't accept my praise and said, "No, no, Jay, that's not me, man. Don't put me there." I was like, "But man, you're awesome," you know. And then later they say something, and you'd be like, "Dude, you're an ass," and they'd be like, "I told you I was an ass. Remember?" So now, now Jay Baker is an ass. Um, you hear that over and over again on some websites. He finally admits it. Um, you know, so not allowing yourself to be put on pedestals. Not allow yourself to become seem, seem righteous, more self-righteous than you really are. And this seems like simple stuff, but I see it happen so many times in so many people. And maybe I'm preaching to the choir today, but... You know, I feel like this needs to go out there, and and maybe someone who's listening to this here or online, you know, has got somebody that they're going to give this to and say, "Hey, man, I think you should listen to this." Um, I need to hear it because I can fall into that. I have to check myself. You know, I mean, I've been blessed and lucky enough to be able to write books, and be on television and do things, and I have to keep myself in check all the time that I don't become intoxicated with this weirdness of like, oh, you know, everyone, you know, I don't become a jerk. And I remember one time I was getting a little too big for my britches, and someone sat me, you know, someone confronted me and said, you're just a jerk, and you're a snob, and you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yelled at him, yelled at him, and then I came back later, and I was like, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, why? Because you were right, and that's hurt, but I needed to hear that, and thanks for keeping me in check. You know, and, and sometimes we, you know, we need that. It doesn't always feel good, but it sometimes does really help. Eight. Um... And I just think this is – but do not be called rabbi for one is your teacher. You are all brothers. But it's saying don't be called a teacher. Do not call anyone earth your father for one is in your fa- for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Um, that's a strange how we've – you know, we bind and loose different things that we choose in the Bible. You know, and here this is Jesus is saying something about this, but you don't see people protesting <laughs> outside the uh, the – teaching pastor's office. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I remember going to some of the bigger churches and they would have classes and talk like CEOs for Jesus. And they'd be like, we got to have a business mentality. I remember my friend had to take his dog to to his church with him and <laughs> into his office. He had to take the dog to his office. He had to work that day. And the head, one of the head pastors comes in and goes, Bobby, what are you doing with your dog here? And this is actually my friend's name. And he goes, well, you know, I had to take the dog today. My wife wasn't there. And he surgery. Got to make sure he's not, you know, licking himself and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, do you think that people at IBM can bring their dogs in? You know what I mean? The whole, like, CEO for Jesus. I went on a friend of ours honeymoon. Not honeymoon. We weren't on their honeymoon. We were on their anniversary. <laughs> me and... and <laughs> Me and me and my yeah sorry me and my former wife we went on their anniversary that they had to took a trip, but she had to have her phone on the whole time because the pastor was going to call. 
You know, he's like, you can't ever, she's like, I can't ever cut my phone on. Her phone would ring and she would just run. I mean, we could be at dinner, we could be anywhere. You know, it's this whole like proud, oh, I'm a CEO for Jesus. You know, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk to the man of God right now. You know, always protecting, always this, always that, and creating something that's not real. When, you know, really, you know, it's like, or, you know, CEO for Jesus, overseer for God's work. But really, you know, this isn't what God's called us to do. And here's where it's about to hit us. And 10, do not be called leaders, for one is your leader. That is Christ. That's why I call our leadership meeting the fun brigade. Um, <laughs> scriptural reasons now. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Now, I need to work on this. You know, I mean, we're supposed to be servants. But I go online and I see Christians tearing each other apart over all sorts of theology, all over sorts of all sorts of things, and I have to die to myself that I don't get on there and tear right back at them. Um, you know, and how often, if we're called to be servants, how often do servants tell their masters or those they're serving what they should do? Does the servant tell others how to live? No, he, he or she shows them. We show people how, <laughs> you know, and eventually you wake up and realize, oh, you know, let me help you get those dishes. You know, I'm a bastard. Um, hence the sticker that we have. Um, and to me, that's, you know, it's an important thing for me to constantly remember because I'm here to serve. I'm not here to bark out ideas or or thoughts or just orders or anything like that, which I don't think I do, but there have been times where I felt like that. But, you know, it's like I'm here to serve. I'm not here to be served. And that's something that I think me and Vince both work on daily. Twelve, whoever exalts himself be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Do you exalt yourself as a Christian or on do's and don'ts? Those aren't things that we're called to do. I don't do this. I mean, I used to have a, you know, oh, I don't go there. Oh, I don't listen to that style of music. Oh, I don't do this. I mean, I would never be seen with those people. I would never go to a place like that. And what it was doing was saying, by exalting myself almost in a way, be saying I'm better than me. I'm better than that person. Now, I understand if there's something like I can't go to the, you know, I can't go to the strip club tonight, guys. I'm sorry, you know. But I understand there's going to be convictions, right? I'm not saying that. And then there's certain things that not everybody can do. But if it's just constantly this thing of, you know, exalting yourself or looking a certain way or, or, or building a, a persona that is not really there, you know, watch out. 13 says, But woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people for you do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who enter to go in. Now, this is where it gets good and juicy, and I really start to like it, is around, right around here. You don't allow others to enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. I've got, I like to read the, the um, New Living translation of this, too, because it really is cool. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others enter either. You know, you know, the whole like turn or burn situation. You know, and I think about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven even is, is usually talking about God's reign on earth, the fruits of the spirit. So it's saying basically, you don't practice love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control, and you won't allow others to have it either. Because you're hypocrites. You're shutting off these things from these people because you crush them with impossible standards. And I've seen that done with so many people. I see it done right now with the LGBT community. I see a door being shut in their face. Um, trying to, you, you know, and when you shut, when you're, when, you're, when you're constantly condemning other people and nitpicking them to death, which we're going to get into in a second, 
you're going to lose your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your love. No matter what the issue is, when you're trying to nitpick someone and say that they can't have something that you have, even though it's free, eventually you're robbing, you're going to burn out and rob yourself of that very same thing. That's why we see when a lot of preachers preach against, 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 they're fighting their own fight, and then you find out they're struggling with the same thing they've been fighting against the whole time. You know? <clears throat> 14. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense you make long prayers, therefore you will receive greater condemnation. You know, this is putting on a religious show. And like I was talking before, the Father God, you know, you sit there. And when I was younger, it used to, especially when I was a kid, my dad would preach. I mean, when I'd go to my dad's church on Sunday at PTL at his height, all the pastors would come in and they'd be like, all right, let's pray. And it would be like, who could speak in the tongues the loudest? Who could say Father God the most? I mean, it was like prayer competition. It was like, we're in front of the boss. Let's be the best prayers we can be. You know, or sometimes when you pray, and I've done this before many times, and you didn't kind of get in what you thought you wanted to get in, and so you're praying, you're like, and God, remind us <laughs> to tithe today, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and you, and you kind of preach in your prayer, and all of a sudden you're not talking to God, you're talking to everybody else. Um, I used to, you know what, I mean, I used to go to the church to pray. I'd get in my car and drive an hour to the church and pray up in the church, and people would see me and be like, oh, I'm sorry, let's just pray. I would. I'd pray for an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, man. People thought I was awesome. And inside I thought, wow, they're really, this is cool, you know. And uh, eventually I got burnt out and realized I was why I was doing it and how I was doing it and realized I didn't have to spend that long on prayer to talk to God and uh, was putting on a show. You know, when I was a kid, I was living in Florida and they had all this, like, barking, dog barking and laughing stuff happening. You remember that? All the laughing, the ha happenings. People were like, huh, laughing in the Holy Spirit. And people would be falling out. And I remember one time when I was a kid, I was at one of these things. And I walked up, and there was these people laughing and stuff. And they were in the empty baptismal. But they were laughing and rolling around so much that they were bleeding. And there was, like, blood and stuff around. And I was just like... And at this time, I wasn't, you know, I didn't want any really thing to do with the church anyway. And I looked down, and I was like, Wow. If that doesn't sum up what this whole thing is about, this is just a show, and look what it's doing. It's just, you know, it's causing the innocent to bleed, you know. It, it's a destructive thing, and I, and I really, I still feel that way. I mean, I can't tell you if it was right or wrong necessarily, but personally, I, I wasn't, I don't think God needs a show. When, when people ask Jesus to do miracles, he called them faithless. You know, when he couldn't do miracles, he called them faithless. But when they had asked and say, prove yourself, you know, he wouldn't do it that way. So, you know, don't get caught up in the idea of putting on a religious show. And, you know, I don't know anybody here who does. But sometimes I just have to preach what my heart tells me to preach. So don't think, you know, I don't have anybody here to preach to except for Chris. <laughs> Come on up, Chris. <laughs> um, and Paolo. Come on, Paolo. <laughs> and Clint. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um... It's really Lily. Lily is just, she's a tyrant. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you guys know Lily, you know that that's exactly the opposite. She is the most loving, gentle person here. Um, 15. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, because all, because you travel around the sea and land to make one apostle apostolite or whatever basically one convert and when he becomes one you make him twice as much the son of hell as you yourself I call this not passing judgment but passing on judgment that's mine too guys <laughs> he's passing on judgment hallelujah <laughs> no I can't even practice what I preach um, kidding listen to this 15 in, in the new living what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, for you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you cross the land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell yourselves are. 
Are you a jerk making bigger jerks? I mean, really. I mean, I think... I hope that, you know, this sermon goes to someone who needs to hear this and, and not in a mean way, just... You know, but ask, are you being a jerk? Because there was a time where I was just really mean and used Jesus to be mean to people. And I thought I was doing the right thing. But now that I look at, back at it, I realize that people weren't really enjoying my presence at the time. <laughs> and really were like, I don't want to hang out with Jay because he's a freak. <laughs> and he's mean and he's judgmental and he does these things. And, you know, I knew I was being a jerk, but I thought I was supposed to be a jerk because I thought that's what a Christian was, was being a jerk. By telling other people they were wrong and they were bad and they were messed up. I mean, that's what I thought it was. That's what I've been shown. That's what we see on TV. That's, you know, what people, how they treated me. So I was returning the favor. And, you know, and it doesn't work. And that's why I worry about when I see these preachers preaching all this mean stuff and tearing down people and raising impossible standards that they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're sharing these things and this this miscommunication, this false good news, this bad news, and they're passing on judgment and creating people who could be twice and three or four times as bad. Because sometimes when you're so bitter and so hurt inside and you don't think you can add up, you just take it all on the outside and take it out on other people. And we continue to see this in the church, and it's got to stop because I don't want to see pastors continuously getting up and being mean and becoming, her uh, not heretics, but becoming uh, uh, hypocrites and being busted for something that they were preaching about because they were just so angry and they didn't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? It's just destructive. And it's, it's, we're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to help each other. Where is there being, you know, where is there love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness and being the son of hell? Anybody? <laughs> And I thought about this. These are the things I wrote down as 15 in my little notes. Turn and burn. You know, whenever I see turn and burn or hear turn and burn, I think, really, you're just this great fire insurance salesman. And why are you so eager to tell people, oh, you better, you better get right with God or you're going to hell? I mean, I don't want to serve a God because I fear that God's going to do something like that to me. I want to. I follow God because I know how much God loves me and cares about me, and I know how much He loves and cares about everybody else way more than I do. And so I don't really worry about that. What I worry about is just trying to be people's friends and get to know them and 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 discover who God is with them. Works, do's and don'ts, judging. Are you constantly judging, teaching others to judge, making others feel like they're not good enough, guilting, leading by guilt. Making up new rules. You know, sometimes when the student becomes the teacher, then the teacher destroys the teacher. <laughs> and I've seen that with my dad in his life and people that he helped start into ministry. I've seen that with a lot of these preachers, that if you usually look at the guy behind the dude, like when the guy fell, it was usually that one guy who he had took under his wing and taught who kept him from being restored because he thought he was going to get the keys to the kingdom or the church. You know, I mean, it's a, it doesn't just happen in the church world. It happens everywhere, but, you know, it's, it's be, beware. You may be creating your, your own enemy. You may be closing the door on your restoration by creating a monster. We're going to jump down to 23 because we're getting close at the end here and we're going to let these uh let the guys get in and do the open mic um 23 woe to you scribes and you pharisees hypocrites for you tie the mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law justice and mercy and faithfulness but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others so yes tithing's important yes um church is good you know going to service is great um, see my little plug-in for tithing there. Um, <laughs> it's not biblical, <laughs> some say, until you become a pastor and <laughs> have to pay bills. Um, but, you know, here it is saying, you know, you, you, you do all this to tithe stuff, but you are neglecting justice, you're neglecting mercy, and we see this so often as, you know, well, Jesus is going to come back, so why should we worry about the world? You know, 
Um, oh, I, you, you become such a nitpicker, and maybe it was a gnat picker, because you'll see in a minute they talk about a gnat. Um, you know, you go to you go to church three times a week. You volunteer. You know, you do the sound. You do Bible study. And then you go online, and you know. You, You know, you, you do stuff like, well, I just call sin, sin. You know, I hear that a lot. I just, you know, I saw that a lot online lately. Well, I just call sin a sin, and a lot of people are just afraid to call sin, sin anymore. And I'm just straight with calling it sin, sin. And what they're usually doing is attacking someone who's not, who they feel isn't saying sin is sin. And then they're also attacking the people who they're talking about. And they say, well, I'm just calling sin, sin. That's why I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know. You know, if we cared about people, we would just say, hey, we love you, and we care about you, and we want to help you, and we want to be in your life. You know, why call sin, sin? You know, I mean, sin sin is sin, whatever. We've all fall short. We all sin. That's boom, bam, it's done. Everybody does it. Let's get over it. You know, we can call it what we want. But the fact is, is that's not what changes people. You know, love and grace and hope is what lead people to Christ. Not fear and anger and threatening people and making sure that they tithe every week. You know that's not it. It's things like justice and mercy that we 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 we, we you know we even fight against it. I mean, I recently heard this preacher say that you know so people are become such social issues and injustice issues is because the liberal public schools have have brainwashed the kids and now these Christian kids are coming up and wanting to worry about social issues and it's this great cancer in the body of christ and it's such a distraction and i'm like really helping the poor going to africa you know all those things are, are just oh what a horrible distraction that we're actually caring about people that jesus told us to care about more than he did anything else i'm hoping my watch is working still it's the problem with wearing old watches sometimes they don't work <laughs> huh thank you sir it is working um 24, you blind guides who strand out a gnat and swallow a camel. And, you know, that's where we got the gnat picker. (laughs) Because you work so hard at being good that you judge yourself and others and hurt others because you're holy and judgmental bastard. And that's from the sticker too. You know, you do this... You know, you just nit, 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 pick. You're so careful that you miss the important things of mercy and compassion and love and grace. You become more worried about if someone has done something or looks like something or is involved in something than you are that you love the person. And I think a lot of it has to do with how is this going to reflect on me. You know, and that's not why we, we don't follow God so we can see how things are going to reflect on us and how, you know, if this person acts this way, then, you know, it's not about that. But we have to be careful of nitpicking. The bi- in, in Galatians, says, be careful of biting and devouring one another. Be careful of destroying one another. You know? And, and I think that's what happens when we're just so nitpicking things, we miss the big things like love, loving God with all our heart, loving our neighbor as ourselves, loving all people. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup in the dish, but inside you are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. Now, see, I have dishes, but I don't always do them. Most of the time, I don't do them. Now, the outside looks pretty clean, but the rotten milk and the... Um, the um, Lucky Charms stick pretty hardcore. <laughs> like they don't even like. After a while, it's almost like, do I throw it out, you know, or do I? How am I going to get this out? with breaking up, you know, become one. They bond to the. <laughs> they bond to the bowl. And uh, and I think that's a lot of the why Christianity seems like show business and and, and self righteousness and and and. Because people are so focused on the outside. And if we say that we're not, we're liars. We judge every single person when they walk in here by what they look like. What are they wearing? You know, how is their hair done? 
You know, are they hipster trash? Are they cool? Are they kind of nerdy? You know, um, are they lumberjacks? <laughs> um, are they sanitation workers? Um, so I got my dicky shirt on. Um, but we judge by the outside, and it's just very clear that we're not supposed to do that. You know, and it says all these people did was worry about how they looked to everybody else. So they made everybody else feel like crap and feel bad inside, even though they were trying with all their heart to be inside what those people look like on the outside. But at that time, they're just disgusted. Those people were just disgusting inside. They're full of pride and self-righteousness and probably self-hate and insecurity and all these things. And they're saying, you know, be how I look, not how I am inside. And I can never let you know how I am inside because then I won't look so good and I won't look so clean. Now, this is where Jesus goes off the hook right here when he goes in 27. He goes, Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs in which the outside appears beautiful, but the inside they are full of dead men's bones, all uncleanliness. And what he is saying right here is he's telling these Pharisees, these experts of the religious law, that they were ceremonially unclean. That they were untouchables, that they were nasty, and that they were dirty. So that was basically like just calling them filthy, horrible sinners, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, he just calls them out right there and just like, man, you guys are, you look great on the outside like you have it all together, but you're dead on the inside. Dead, rotten, unclean bones. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> I wrote down a few things inside. Judgment, hate, lust, fear, anger, sadness, hopelessness, feeling you're right and everyone is wrong, self-righteousness, self-hate, you know you're fake, lying to self, dis, um, disillusion, uh, illusions of grandeur, I mean, fear of being exposed, feeling superior, hiding true self. Religion does this to people and it's going to kill them. And why do I know all these things I wrote down, I deal with inside of me and I don't want to cover that up I want it to be on the outside as in the inside I'm probably more clean on the inside than I am on the outside to be honest with you um, which I guess is a good thing but sometimes I'd rather not be sometimes I do pretend though that I'm a little cleaner on the outside and I watch what I say and I you know if I'm around a certain type of group you know all of a sudden I get a little more you know insecure and you know, I'm around all my favorite, like, red-letter Christian guys when I get to go to their events, you know. Oh, I've got to be the man of God. I'll be really quiet, and I'll just look stoic. Mm, mm, mm. I like what you said there, you know. And then they just think I'm really brilliant because I didn't say anything. But inside my mind, I'm going crazy um, with insecurity. And sometimes even I know what grace is, and you don't. You know, self-righteousness. I have to struggle with that. But I think the way we do that is by sharing that with one another and just saying, you know, this is it. Life is just this way. You know, and nowadays it might be that you maybe that you don't, you know, look like a preacher dressed in a suit, but maybe you're 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 uh, you're classy or you're cool. You're the cool preacher, you know, and you look cool on the outside, but on the inside you're not really cool. <laughs> or you're the punk rock preacher, as I've been called, and other preachers have been called, which I don't like that title anymore. I denounce it. Um, you know, like, oh, I look so look at my tattoos. I'm so cool, you know. But inside, it's just like, ugh. And I see that a lot with these guys who are like, look at how cool and hip I am. But I hate you, and I hate your freedom, and I hate you. Your freedoms. I, you know, you're all going to hell. You're all doing this, blah blah blah. But don't I look cool? Now live up to these impossible standards that I have set before you. Okay, we got to finish this up because we got to go. Um, And this is important, though. We have to finish with this. Woe to you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn them with monuments of the righteousness and say, if we had been living in these days of our father, we would have not, we would have, we would not have been partner, partners with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against your own selves and your sons of those who, you, who murdered the prophets. Now, it goes on to talk about sending Jesus and all this stuff, but we're going to finish because we need to get out of here. But the the idea there is, you know, they said, oh, well, we would have never killed the the prophets. We would have never 
done that to our fathers. You know, we would have never let that happen. And there's some things that I think we've all seen that have happened. Um, Salem witch trials. Oh, we would have never been a part of that. We wouldn't have had, you know, killing innocent women. Um, Segregation. Oh, I would have never, you know, of course not. Slavery. The Crusades. The killing that happened during the Reformation. How about killing Native Americans for their land? Oh, I would have never done that. Crucifying Jesus. But if you are a follower of the majority of Christian believers, and and blinking because the majority thinks that it's right, you may very well have done those things. The next generation will say, we would have never fought against gay people's civil rights. Do people have to die off so the world can change? Because the whole history, if we heard, you know, we look back and say we would have never done that. But then we do it again to another group, and then it'll be another group eventually. You know, who have we become and what have we become? So I think. I think it's why it's important to live in a life of grace and able to give yourself grace and to not allow legalism to spread. Just like you don't want to hear people gossip and you say, hey, I don't think we should talk about that or whatever. I think we have to look at legalism and find a way to nip it in the bud with love and grace and compassion towards people who are caught in it. Um, Otherwise, we destroy each other. And trust me, a lot of these folks who are preaching sermons that are very hurtful have much bigger churches and have much bigger influence than places like Revolution and even people like Brian McLaren or Brennan Manning and things like that. So this isn't something that's dead and gone. It might be dead and it might just seem like normal stuff to us that we think is is just, you know, hey, we get it. But we've got to do something about it. And we've got to do it out of a heart and love and compassion because legalism and judgmentalism isn't going to drive out judgmentalism. You know, we've got to use love and compassion and be an example of who Christ really was. All right, that's all I got today. So let's pray really quick and get out of here. Lord, thank you for this time together. Uh, give us a good week and we look forward to the movie. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.